0: Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Uh, going through a, uh, the sermon series of Advent this year, and every week we've been lighting a candle, and I know that I started a week early, like I told you guys, and so the very first week we looked at hope, and uh, the hope that we know that God's got everything under control, and then the next week we took on joy, and just uh, understanding where true joy comes from, and last week we looked at peace. Do you have peace this Christmas season? And the whole idea of Advent is looking forward to, right? Anticipating what's coming. And so this week we get to look at love. There's so many things that we could say about love. We absolutely love love, don't we? Um, we have a culture full of of Phrases and different things about love. And I I want to dive into that. But before we do, if you have your Bibles, would you please open up to 1 John chapter 4 with me? 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 7 through 19. 7 through 19. And if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the side screen on, on either side of me. And let's read this together. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. And all who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loved us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. Let's pray. God, there's a lot of love words in this section. And it almost seems a little redundant, Lord, but would your love sink into our lives? Would we be able to fully understand? Well, We can't fully, but Lord, would we be able to understand a little bit more your love for us today? Lord, as we expectantly wait for your return here on earth, may we love people well until that time. May we be perfected by your love and be encouraged by you. So, Lord, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. It's pretty hard to separate these last two um, Advent candles. There's Jesus and there's love. And and, uh, this whole week I've been wanting to kind of just cram them together. But I'm I'm going to keep them a little bit separate just for the idea that I, I think you need to understand love. I know Jesus is also love, but I, I really want to focus on this today. Because it's not, it's, this love isn't not the, is not the romantic feelings that we have. But it's a knowledge and a foundation of where we move from. And I find it interesting that we, like I said before, our culture loves love. I mean, we have songs about it. Right, I'm not going to tell you who the author is, but uh, you can you can think of these in your head. Maybe maybe I will, but not right away. There's a song called "Love Me Tender" by Elvis. (laughs) "I Can't Stop Loving You" by Ray Charles. "Where Did Our Love Go?" The Supremes. "All You Need Is Love" The Beatles. "Keep On Loving You" by Ario Speedwagon. Stevie Wonder. I just called to say, I love you. And then there's movies all across everywhere. Love Actually, P.S. I Love You, Eat, Pray, Love. And all the other romantic movies that I love this Christmas season. I'm just going to tell you, don't judge. You know you watch them too, Brian. All right. But what about all these other sayings? And I... I love fill-in-the-blank. I love Taco Bell. I love steak. I love shooting guns. I, I mean, the, it's, it's endless. And then we used to have this saying when we were little, right? Well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it? <laughs> we have major memories about love, don't we? Our first kiss our first date, when we finally said, I love you to that special person. In fact, actually, my first kiss came when I was three years old in the church nursery where I had sweethearts there. (laughs) Her name was, I'm not going to tell you her name, I had to text my parents last night to remind me. Those aren't memories that we have. Like my, those are, those are my parents tell me those things. Oh, it's so cute. You see, but that's not where I'm headed this morning. I don't want to create this emotional thing. I actually want you to realize where true love comes from this morning. Because I don't think that we can understand the baby in the manger if we don't understand why we need love. We're constantly looking for it, aren't we? We're constantly trying to find that place in which we feel good about it. In fact, actually, I find it interesting that when we go all the way, well, not really. Let's start with John 3.16, right? Right away. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. You could even go back further than that into Genesis. For God so loved the world that he created. You see, I don't think love can just stay in its own. It wants to share. And so God created everything you see, everything that your eye can take in, God created. I mean, down to the very minuscule molecules, all of that sort of stuff, protons, neutrons, electrons, to create. And he didn't do it just because he was like, I'm bored. He did it because he has a purpose, because love Also pushes us into understanding and and having purpose. So this morning that's what I want to do. I want to take three things out of this chapter and just man, let's talk about them a little bit and what they actually mean. Because we realize something happened. You wouldn't be sitting here in this room if something wasn't missing. We all know about the fall. We all know that we decided to go our own way. God's love wasn't good enough for us. And it's taken us down crazy paths. But to see the thing that I thought was interesting this week as I was looking back all through Genesis. Like man, if you want some amazing stories, just read the book of Genesis. Garden wasn't good enough, so we left. Actually, God kicked us out because we decided not to listen to his rules. And then we try to build these amazing towers and make us look like God. And the story goes on and on and on. You see, I think God gave us chance after chance after chance to do it on our own, but we really couldn't do it on our own. fail miserably at doing it on our own but love says man I've got a way for you so this morning if you're taking notes with me the very first one that I want to cover is this (coughs) excuse me is that God is love that God is love I, I need you to understand this Everything God does is out of love. It is his disposition. God doesn't have feelings for you. God loves you. He chooses every day that no matter where you're at, what's going on, his disposition is automatically to love. I don't think we understand this because we, we have this thing where we say, well, if these things happen, then I don't know if I can, if I can uh, follow a God that does this because that's not loving. No, God is absolutely loving. Everything he's done is out of love. But, Seth, what, if, what about all the bad things that happen? I don't, I don't know if that God created that. That is all going back to, man, what happens when we fall away from God, when we choose to do things on our own? Well, that's not very loving then, Seth, is it? No, it's absolutely loving that we're going to get to later on today when it talks about if you, if you don't understand this love, you don't understand how God is trying to perfect the world through his son. But I will also say this, that that God's love is absolutely jealous. He desires your heart. He doesn't want you to go anywhere else. He wants you to come to him and experience that love. The problem is, is that we put love, we put stipulations on that love, don't we? God, if. God, I, I don't know if I understand you. God, you didn't do this correct, but if we would come to the baseline of realizing that God is love. Verse 8 wraps it up completely. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is, once again, his foundation that he goes off of. Everything that God has done in your life is to show you love. That's a really hard pill to swallow, especially for me this week, because I kept on wanting to say all the what ifs. But what about this? What about this? I asked a group of the people this week, What do you fear? Because for some reason, I was looking at love going, well, we automatically look at the opposite. And so I was trying to figure out opposites, and I started to look at fear a little bit. And I, and I asked them, I said, what, is, what do you fear? And somebody said, everything. And then the next question I said, well, what does God's love do for you? And they put, it makes me fear nothing. Nothing. Because whatever we're going through, when we understand that God ultimately loves you, man, we can jump forward from that all the time. We then desire to be with God to be with him, to understand his love, to mull it over, to look through it a little bit more, to understand that, wait a second, the very next verse in this that says he showed showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. He fixes the momentary problems to effect eternity. I would rather have a God That fixes that part instead of going, Well, here's the deal. I'm going to help you have everything you want and then not have a relationship with me for eternity. God's already got it all figured out, He has already made a way. And so if there is this culture we live in that's constantly looking for what really true love is. I think it is something that we know is so innately missing in our lives. Because we know, there, we know that we need something. Which brings us to our second point, which is this, is that God is our salvation. That God is our salvation. This has also been really hard for me this week because do we know that we need salvation? Sure, we know the story of Adam and Eve and the serpent comes and deceives them and says, "Hey, do you understand that you can be like God if you just eat this fruit. And we have spent our whole entire lives being our own savior, trying to figure out things in our own way. Trying to be like God instead of receiving God's love. We are pretty much, not utterly helpless, but yeah, utterly helpless. There's a song out there that I'm pretty sure it was DC Talk at one point that said, we're constantly looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe it was, I don't know, somebody else. when we would realize where true salvation comes from, wouldn't we go running to it? Wouldn't we desire that? Or do we simply keep on wanting to listen to our sinful nature that says we've got it all handled? Verse 10, this is real love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. There's not, uh, there's not enough we can do to muster up love for God. God, look at how my love is better than X, Y, and Z. God, this is how I want you to see me. No, God, God already loves you. And as soon as we figure that out, we realize that we can sit in God's salvation. That he already sent his son for our sacrifice. Just let that sink in for a little bit. I love Romans 5 verses 6 through 8. And it says this, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. you need to be saved or do you think you've got everything under control this is really an everyday thing Jesus says it pick up your cross daily and follow me God is loving us absolutely daily And you already know that. Like I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. But I need to handle those things before I I can get to our third point this morning. And our third point is this is that God's love expels all fear. That God's love expels all fear. I want you to notice something that doesn't say just some fear. Even somebody said to me this week, they said, well, don't you, shouldn't you fear God? Yeah, you should, you should definitely fear God, but you don't have to, you should fear not knowing God. But you don't have to be afraid of punishment because we have Jesus Christ. If God is love and he is our salvation, then we need to walk with God to allow him to work in our lives. This is a process. Once we understand that God is love with us, or that that God is love, and that he is our salvation, that means that we start the walking process with God and allow him to be in our hearts. Verse 18 says, such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So I want to ask you, what, what do you fear? Is it being trapped in an elevator? Some of us in this room are afraid of bar- being buried alive. Getting on a tall ladder. Getting into an accident. Maybe crashing on a plane. Maybe you're like me and you uh, have extreme FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Maybe you fear an empty bank account. Maybe being alone. Are you afraid of what others feel, think, and say about you? Maybe you're afraid of meaninglessness, rejection. Maybe you're afraid of having no hope. How about having fear of terminal illness, death? Maybe you fear your kids and where they're at in their salvation. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm sure some of you are like, well, those fears at the very front, like, those are legitimate fears. What if you were buried alive? What if you were? Could God cover that fear? What if you were afraid of being alone? If there's anything that I know about this scripture, it says you're not alone. Maybe you're afraid of dying. The Bible's got an answer for that as well. Paul says it. He says to live is Christ and to die is gain. Maybe you're afraid of a terminal illness. What if you bring God glory through that? And this one, this last one has been really bothering me all week long. What if you're afraid of whether your kids will come to Christ or not? And then I think to myself, as if you're the sole person that gets to make that happen. We walk with God, and it says over and over again in here, if we understand the love of God and we are with him, and we, we leave the results to him. Because we understand that God's love expels all fear. We understand that his love covers sin. That his love sheds light on our fear. And his love gives purpose and worth and direction. And yet I know what's going to happen. We're going to leave here and we're still going to hold on to our fears. We're going to pray one instant and we're going to say, Hey God, uh, I'm going to lay this down at your feet. Man, I'm worried about this. I fear what's going on here. And then right when we get done praying, we're going to pick it back up and carry it wherever we go. And God is saying in this that my love is going in this direction right here. That love has no fear. Because love expels our fears. But what about all the earthly things that are going to happen if I'm gone or... or, (laughs) How do I control this? No, I I don't think you have to control anything. Go back to the very beginning. Is God love? Absolutely. Then he's got it under control. Is God our salvation? Absolutely. So then our joy and our peace and our hope are in that. So how does, this, how does this wrap up in a nice little thing of expectantly waiting for Jesus? I think one thing is this, is that because Jesus has been revealed some 2,000 years ago as a baby. Love is already here and we see it. We know it, we've experienced it. And so we can have hope and joy and peace in that love. But also we know where it's headed. We know that the return of Christ is ultimately the most loving thing there is. And one day every, it says in the scripture that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's the expectant waiting of the true fulfillment of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 at the very end, it says, For now we see in a glass darkly, but then, as we are known, we will also fully know. That is what we're hoping for. That is where we're headed. We're headed to fully understand who God is at the very end. We expectantly wait for that opportunity to know God completely. And yet, as we're here, we want to live God out. Over and over again as we've read 1 John 4, it's a process of going from understanding that you're loved to then giving love to one another. And he starts out with it right away. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Because Jesus came, we have that opportunity. And so while we're, uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, but while uh, we're singing this last song, there's two questions that I asked at the very end. When was the time when you felt most loved by God? And the second one is, is are you striving to love people the way Christ loved you? because if that's not what christmas is about i don't know what is is to understand how much god loves you and is your savior and that he expels all fear and that you can trust him and then are you striving to do the same by loving other people by helping them see what god has done in your life to love them And so please don't let fear overtake you, but let love drive you this season. Let it be your foundation and not just an emotion that you feel, but that's something you know. I love tacos.
1: It doesn't matter. Shrimp tacos beef tacos, pork tacos, uh, chicken tacos, bean tacos, soft-shell tacos, hard-shell tacos, but I don't love cold tacos, eh, I'll still eat them. I love good-fitting shoes that are lightweight until they wear out. I love fishing. I love catching fish. I love the new car smell, till it goes away. I've, I've seen in ministry over the last nine years of being a pastor, many people question their relationship with Christ based on circumstances in their life. God must not be real because I'm having a hard time right now. God must not be real because of my job. God must not be real because school. God must not be real because of parents, my health. We do it often. The things we love are condition-based, and it is an emotion that we have inside. God's love is not conditional. We could meditate, pray, pray, preach on this for the next thousand years, and we're still going to have a hard time comprehending it, but especially in our culture, when we love things, when they're pleasing us, but God will not fall out of love with you, No no matter how many marriages we see fail, no matter how many kids we see run from home, no matter how many broken relationships we see in school or at work or in this community, you need to know that God will not fall out of love with you. You may question it, you may not feel it, but that is your problem, not his. You may reject him, you may not believe in him, you may even hate him, you may deny his existence. You may not believe in his word. You may not believe in his son, but his love is not conditional for anything on you. And so his salvation also is not conditional of anything from you. This may get a little confusing, but he's going to have salvation regardless if you are saved or not. We just have... to This is so silly. All we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. That's it. That's it, Romans 9, and 10. So, I challenge us this week to answer these questions. When was the last time you felt most loved by God? And understand that that's a condition based on your circumstances, not on his love for you. And then in the second question, Are you striving to love people the way God loved us? I want us all to take out our pens and cross off the D and add an S. The way Christ loves you. He loved, loves, and will love you, regardless of you. And then our human love is going to be growing and it's gonna come from the Holy Spirit. We're gonna keep working on it. We're going to keep working on it. I, I know in my marriage that like the love that I had for my wife before we were married, as we got married, and, and especially the beginning, you know, it's way more right now, It's way better. It has nothing to do with what she does or doesn't do. I pray that we can love like that. If we truly spend time with people, there's going to be plenty of opportunity to show them unconditional love. Plenty of opportunity for sinners to hurt us and we still love them. And so I'll add a third question. Who in this community or, or close to you can you show better love to? Maybe who, who is that person in your life that you've actually shut out of Loving because they've hurt you so much. Think about that in this moment. And 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 choose choose to love them. Let's pray. Lord, you know that this is my favorite subject, and I just need to shut up and let you work. Lord, may you work in our hearts. May we hear your voice. Louder than ever, different than ever, may you interact with us in a different way this week as we try to understand your unconditional, infinite, forgiving, graceful love for us. Lord, may we show your Holy Spirit working through us when we humanly don't love people around us, but Lord, we show your love for the people around us, the people in our lives, the people that we email, the people that we deal with at work, that, that we share kids with, that we see at school, Lord, may we, this is the light, this, this is you, may we share you. In your holy name we pray, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.